I wanted to take a moment earlier in this section rather than later to have a talk about wellness. And if you have done any research or looked into this at all, you will appreciate and already be aware of the fact that lawyers as a profession have a lot of damage. Now, I'm not going to pretend in any way uh, that I'm trained or qualified to give you psychological advice. And if you believe that you have some sort of actual condition, or even if you just need some help that is more specific to your circumstances, you should seek that out. Many law societies, many bar associations offer this kind of service to their practitioners. But if not, it is important that you function as a human being first and foremost, because law is a very human practice. And if you are suffering from some sort of damage that's going to affect your ability to do that, you're not doing anyone any favors by pretending it's not there or by avoiding the issue for as long as possible. Things have a tendency to get worse, not better, if they're less left unaddressed. So with that in mind, I have observed over the years Many young lawyers adopt some habits early on in their careers that I think are unhelpful for long-term wellness, and they often come to regret it after that sort of four, five, six years in practice mark. They've adopted a set of habits early on that come the five or six year mark are starting to wear them out and are starting to affect them and their lives in ways that are certainly not positive. Now, the truth is, most lawyers work very hard and I think it would be short-sighted and probably unrealistic to say that a simple solution is just to work less hours. The truth is most young lawyers in particular do not have that option and you need to serve your employers well. So how are we going to then deal with this situation that occurs where after a few years that turns into a train wreck? The first thing I have noticed is that as young lawyers, we have a tendency to accumulate a lot of things. So we say yes to a lot of commitments. We're committed to work, we're committed to exercise, we're committed to hobbies, we're committed to family, we're committed to relationships, we're committed to the Friday night party, we're committed to X, Y, Z, one, two, three, sports. I don't do sports, some people do. What are you accumulating is the question I'm asking here. That isn't necessarily something you have chosen to accumulate. Because over the years, much like our stuff that we collect in our wardrobes or excessive clothes or shoes or things in our bits and pieces drawers that we don't really need, stuff that accumulates that we didn't really choose to say yes to in the first place has a tendency to be that stuff that keeps us quarantined and in this form of slavery where we are now, our actions are determined by the things that we have accumulated in our lives, relationships that we cannot get rid of, and I'm not talking about close personal relationships, but friendships that are poisonous, colleagues that do us no favors with their attitudes. These are the things we haven't always said yes to, but somehow we've fallen into them. The three nights a week over at the friend's house drinking heavily that you know you don't really want to do, but you feel bad about saying no to them. So we accumulate a lot of things that we haven't gone to the trouble of saying yes to. And I think one useful strategy on a regular basis, and you might do it each year, is going to be 
how are my weeks being filled at the moment? And how much of that is stuff that I have chosen to do? How much of that is stuff that I must do? And what are the leftovers that for some reason I'm just doing, even though I could get out of it and it's not really that bad? Now, I would encourage you to narrow down the must-do list because most things don't fall into the must-do list. If you bring it right back down to its fundamentals, most things are not things that you must do. They're things you might have convinced yourself you must do, but that's a different thing. So habitually go through the process of looking at your week and looking at what you're doing and seeing how much of it you have chosen to do versus it being inflicted upon you and see if you can shed some of that dead weight. The reason I think this is useful is because it avoids that feeling that we're not in control of what's going on around us. That sort of whirlwind style of doing life where you don't have any control. The lack of control can leave you feeling strung out and tired. Whereas if you are in control making decisions about what you do during the day, you feel more empowered and generally you're picking things that you're actually enjoying doing as a rule. And they have a tendency to energize you rather than sap your energy. The second thing I want you to encourage you to do is to strip away, after stripping away as much of that as possible, be very, very cautious about what you say yes to and what you say no to. Bear in mind that yes and no are opposite sides of the same coin. Every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Yes to the night out where you put your credit card on the bar and you spend $300 that you didn't really have on drinks to wipe you and your mates out so that you could then waste half of your Saturday by sleeping is saying no to whatever else you could have done that night and no to whatever else you could have done on Saturday morning and no to whatever you were saving up for that you now can't afford. Yes and no are opposite sides of the same coin. Saying no to things frees you up to say yes to the things that really matter instead of the things that don't. So be diligent about what you say no and yes to and think through the consequences as best you can of what is actually going to happen if you say yes or no to them. That will help arrest the process of accumulation and make that audit part a little bit easier. The final thing I wanted to encourage you to do, bearing in mind that this is not designed to be a comprehensive lesson uh, which will fix everyone's problems. The third thing though that I really wanted to encourage you to do is to figure out what you actually want. What is it you actually want? Because a legal career can be a little bit like driving down a very well-worn road. It can be a system where you just follow automatically in the footsteps of those who have come before you, but you haven't necessarily chosen that destination or even given it any thought. It's just, oh, well, this is next, therefore I'll do what's next. But you haven't chosen that. It's been chosen for you by 650 years of lawyers that came before. So what you need to think about is what do you actually want? in your legal career, in your personal life, in your professional areas, in your colleagues, in your work space or your work group or your work area. What do you actually want? Most people cannot answer that question. And it's true when you are younger, it is harder to answer. And so you might go through a few variations of it. But if you spend time thinking about it, it will help 
the yes-no questions that you're going to be asking and it will help the audit process at the start. All of these things are variations on a theme. They are all designed to avoid your life and your professional career spiraling automatically out of control through a sequence of events that you never chose but happened to you and instead bring you back to a place where you're actually giving thought to these things and it doesn't mean you can immediately implement everything that you've ever wanted but you're, at least you're giving thought to them and you're helping identify the things that are moving you towards that and the things that are moving you away from it. It gives you more visibility on your life and on your career and I would encourage you to focus on that. Those are some simple tips that I would give every professional to help them maintain their own wellness. Your homework for today. Go through the audit process that I mentioned. Audit what you do in the weeks and see how much of this is what I chose and how much did I just inherit. Have a look at what you can say yes to and what you can say no to. Are there opportunities now that you really just should say no to? Sorry, I'm not interested in doing that. I don't want to do that anymore. We're cancelling our regular Friday night catch up. I can't afford it anymore. I need to save up for something. Why don't we do something else instead? Last process. What do you actually want? Spend some good time on this. What do you actually want in the various areas of your life? What are your aspirations? What are the things that matter to you? If you looked back in five years, how's that going to look? What do you want? Answer those questions and they will help you as you go on.